Welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Happy Thursday. How is everyone doing? Um, I don't know about you guys, but I am really enjoying these light evenings. It's nice with the time change, and it's nice that it is light so um, so far in the evening. Let me make sure everything is set up. I think we're all set up. I'm live on Facebook and YouTube. So thank you all for being here. I wanted to make an announcement, which is that we're really trying to grow membership on Amelia's Dressage Club. We're gonna be giving away some hats to people that invite their friends. So what you can do, which would really help me out, if you're on Amelia's Dressage Club on Facebook, what you'll do is when you go to Amelia's Dressage Club page, in the top right-hand corner, there's a little blue button that you can push that says invite friends. So if you would be nice enough to invite some of your riding friends to the club, and then we're gonna give away some Amelia Newcomb dressage hats to people who invite their friends. Oh yay, someone says they got 12 friends on, awesome. You know, the Amelia's Dressage Club on Facebook is such an amazing community. Like it really, everyone is so supportive and everyone helps each other and it's just an incredible community. And so we're really trying to grow that membership and get as many people as possible. Right now we're at about 13,000 and my goal is to get it up to 20,000 by the end of April. So thank you for helping me out with that. I had a couple of other announcements. Um, so we had many of you guys join the Dressage Training Scale Masterclass, which is so exciting. It's been really fun to hear from you guys and to hear about the progress that you have been making with your horses. Um, it's also been really fun. So now there's the technology where you guys can submit videos to me. And then I'm actually able to show the videos on Zoom and give individual feedback. So that has been really, really cool. I did a lecture last night for my monthly workshops on Cantor. And it was really cool because I had like seven videos of students and we were able to show the videos and watch them and give critique, like I was critiquing, okay, how your seat is in the saddle, how the horse is going. And it's really valuable because you learn a lot from seeing the other students as well. So when I first started asking for people to send in videos, everyone was like, no, I wasn't getting any video sent in. And now all of a sudden I have like this flood of videos for every office hours that I do, which is great because everyone's a little different and video is a really great way to learn because when you can see it, then it makes such a bigger difference when your trainer tells you something. Like when you can see that you're leaning forward or you're leaning to the side or that your hips aren't following that motion in the canter, it makes a huge difference in your ability to fix it when you're riding. So who's here? Yeah, let me know in the chat where you're from. Lucy's here from Apple Valley. 
Cindy from Temecula, Rachel Harder from Canada. Oh, so yeah, we did have um, for the masterclass, one of the amazing members of this community, her name's Amy, she did a sponsorship. So we gave away two masterclasses. Rachel was one of them. And then we also gave a masterclass away to Claudia Larzabel. Claudia is actually in Honduras. And so that was really special to be able to give a scholarship away to people who were in need, um, who weren't able to afford the program, but that still really wanted to take it. And especially we have this international audience, which is so cool. It's so cool that we have people in Honduras and in, I've even had people like in Africa and Japan take the courses. Yeah, we have someone, hi, Shay from Malaysia, Maryland, Australia. So we have this like huge international community, which is so cool. And that's why I'm really asking all of you guys to spread the word and invite as many friends as you can to join Amelia's Dressage Club because it really helps me out and helps me spread the word. I mean, that's my mission is to help as many people as possible to love their ride and to love their horse. That's really what it's all about for me. So um, I also wanted to talk a little bit tonight about mindset. And I think that this is so important is I've noticed with students that I have that the people that come to their lesson and that perceive their horses as like, I have a really good horse. I really love my horse. I like when they have that sentiment towards their horse and when you ask them after their ride, how was your ride? oh, my ride was great, it was awesome, this horse is amazing. It makes such a huge difference in your horse and in your ability to make progress and enjoy it. And on the flip side, it's hard because all of us, like we're very type A and we want to be really good at riding and we want to get better. However, when that side of things leads into like frustration and anger and when you start to get like really down on your horse and just like my horse sucks my horse doesn't want to work my horse is lazy my horse isn't this isn't that when you start to have that negativity and when you bring that negativity to your ride everything goes so bad like it really does and that's something that I definitely will admit that I struggle with because I do want to show and I do want to do well. And sometimes I start feeling like, you know, wow, like I have so far to go and I watch these other top riders and their horses are amazing. And I think, you know, my horse just isn't good enough and I'm not good enough, but I really have to watch myself when I get on the horse and think about like, okay, I'm gonna have a good ride. And it's so important, um, like Karen says, horses can feel your appreciation for them. So that was gonna be my next point. Like you have to reward your horse. Like, good boy, ask them for something, reward them. It's so important. All it takes is just saying good boy or reaching down and touching your horse on the neck because 
when you mentally kind of trigger that in yourself, like, good boy, that appreciation, like Karen's saying, it makes such a difference because horses do want to work for you. Like, they're very honest creatures and they want to do the right thing. So it's important that you ask for something, reward. Ask for something, reward. Like over and over again, get what you want, make a big fuss. Get what you want, make a big fuss. And just, I don't know, I just encourage you all to really kind of take an analysis of your mindset and of the way that you think about your horse. Because if you think that your horse is not good enough and it's a crappy horse and your horse has a bad attitude and like all that stuff, it's gonna come true. It is. But if you think like, I have the best horse for me in the world, that doesn't mean that your horse like is the best horse in the world, but I have a really good horse. Focus on the positive attributes of your horse. Like let me know in the chat, what are the positive attributes of your horse? And then always start with your ride out with things that you can do. Like start in your comfort zone of what are some things that you know you can do that you can reward your horse for so that you get in that good frame of mind of like, we're gonna have a good ride. I'm in charge, I'm communicating with you. Yeah, Barbara says, I adore my horse and she knows it. Um, Emma, I read your poem today. We always need to remember uh, as riders, they're giving us the opportunity to be their partners. I mean, when you think about it, you guys, like we're predators sitting on top of a prey animal. It's really remarkable that they even allow us to, um, to ride them at all. And it's, it's such a special thing. Like, I seriously love riding. It makes me so happy. And so I really have to like remember it. Like, this is what I love doing. This is what I enjoy. And balancing that I want to get better. I want my horse to get better, but I also really want to stay positive in doing it. So I have some other notes to write here. The other really cool thing that happened this week is I got some lessons and um, education is so important. Like I just can't stress that enough. The one thing that I've always prioritized throughout my career is trying to seek out like the best trainers that I possibly can can ride from and always like going to the shows, watching the top riders. Um, even when I was like so poor that I was just eating popcorn and oatmeal, my husband always teases me about that, but I would, you know, go and ride with these top instructors, even though it was crazy expensive. So anyways, Yo Hineman, he's my coach now. He's been helping me so much over the past few years, and he was nice enough to drive to my barn this week, which is really special because we're, our barns here in California are still in quarantine because of the EHV virus. So I'm not able to go to a show right now or to go down to his farm. His farm's like about three hours from me. So he came up and he taught me on my horses and I had six lessons. I rode Harvey and Kensington both days. And then on the first day I rode Natasha. She's a Grand Prix mare that belongs to one of my clients. 
And the second day I rode, I have a young horse named Luigi. But having lessons is such a blessing. And having an instructor that you admire is like, it's like the best thing ever. Because what I find, I don't know if you guys are like this, but when I start riding for too long by myself and I don't have any help, like I don't have someone there to kind of direct me, I start to get a little discouraged and I start to get a little frustrated. And so I think that's something that is really, you have to seek out in a trainer is someone who can bring out the best in you and your horse and direct you like, Hinneman's hard on me. Like he works, you know, we work the horses hard and we do a lot of exercises and it's not just all like, oh yeah, like that was perfect, you know, he, but he brings me up to that next level. And at the same time, he also brings the horses up to that next level by giving us exercises that are, you know, challenging, but that we can do and then reward. So one thing that was crazy that we worked on with the horses was the halt. And the halt, there's a, a famous quote where Hinneman says, you can tell how good a trainer is by their halt, their walk pirouettes, and their rein back. So those three movements, your halt, your walk pirouettes, and your rein back, they really don't have anything to do with how fancy your horse is. Those three movements really have to do with how well you've trained your horse. And show season is coming. I'm doing a live webinar on show season May 1st, Sunday, May 1st, mark your calendars. But back to Yo Hinneman. Um, so what he was having me do was really work on the halt with Natasha, like to get her to close up her hind end. And so basically what you want is that when you go into the halt, you want to have like impulsion in your halt. Like you want to have energy there and you really want your horse's hind end under them so that when you go to trot forward that you kind of have like this explosion of energy. And so we were working on doing halt, pee off, halt, pee off transitions. And it was so amazing. I got like the best pee off from Natasha that I've ever gotten. Um, I'll try and post some clips on Facebook and we'll also post some clips for those of you guys that are on Patreon. But it was just amazing how really working on that halt and like getting her really under um, then really helped my PF. And so you're saying, okay, well, how can you have impulsion at the halt? And that's the hard part. Like how can you be standing perfectly still, immobility, and still have that like energy there to be able to spring into a piaf or spring into your trot. And so it was really, it was amazing. It was amazing. And then we did a little bit of that with Harvey and we did a little bit of that also with my younger horse. But definitely the halt is something that, you know, you have halts all through the levels. Like at training level, you have to halt. At first level, you have to halt all the way up to the Grand Prix. And as you move up the levels, the expectation for your horse in the halt increases more and more. So like at training level, you're kind of just happy if you can more or less halt on the center line and maybe it's square, maybe it's not.
But when you get to the Grand Prix, it's much more like you come into the halt, you want your horse really sitting and under and through so that you can go right into the, um, into the trot. So let's see here. Um, Lucy says, my coach died. It's been harder for me. Yeah, it is, it is really hard when you don't have help. So it's great that you guys are here learning. Um, videos are really helpful for sure. Andrea, halts are frustrating for me. I work on them every ride and sometimes it works, but most of the time it doesn't. I can't figure out the impulsion in the halt part. So, and definitely halts are something that, you know, sometimes when you work on them, they get worse for a while because like it's tricky with a horse Be because horses want to move. And so when you start putting a lot of pressure on them in the halt, it can for sure go badly. So I definitely recommend like if you're having trouble with your halt, try to fix it going forward. Like if your horse puts their head up, go forward and get your horse rounder. If your horse wants to go out behind, go forward and try to get your horse more under behind. And then really work on the transition out of the halt. So like this is a really good exercise if you horse that's a little bit um, lazy is to work on that like when you close your leg, you want a reaction behind the saddle where the horse's hind legs like really come forward and push you forward. And Hinneman was telling me there's a German word for like the, the hawks, that first stride out of the halt. You want the hawks to step forward and push under your horse and then the withers to lift up and that your horse just pushes into that trot transition right out of the halt. And um, so yeah. Anyways, that was exciting. I was very happy to have lessons this week and I learned so much and I'm so grateful to my horses. I should also mention that I won a scholarship from the Dressage Foundation this year. They're Carol Lavelle Advanced Dressage Prize. And so that's enabled me to take a lot of lessons from Yo. And I'm so grateful to the Dressage Foundation for that grant because it's been so amazing to have consistent help and have eyes on the ground. You really need that. Like you have to get help. You have to have trainers and coaches to help you. So thank you to the Dressage Foundation for awarding Harvey and I that grant. Um, what else? Oh, so I have a few questions and I also wanted to mention like one of the themes, I always kind of, when I'm riding around, I think, oh, I should talk about that to, in Facebook Live. But um, I was telling my assistant today, I said, you know, the secret to life really is inside leg to outside rein. And until you felt it, it's like hard to understand. Because I remember when I was first like, learning dressage and everyone was like oh inside leg outside rain inside leg outside rain and you're kind of like i don't get it like i i just don't understand but when you can get your horse like where you can move them off the inside leg and they don't they connect to the outside rain without bracing and falling through the outside rain it allows you to get suppleness and engagement and control of your horse. So it like truly is the key to dressage. And um, 
a lot of times what happens when people are trying this is that they get the horse moving a little off the inside leg, but then the horse kind of bulges through the outside shoulder and braces in the outside shoulder. So then it's not as effective. So when you're moving your horse off the inside leg, you wanna feel them come into the outside rein, but you don't want them to like bulge out through the outside shoulder. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, Karen, do you ever train with Stefan Peters? Yes, I have ridden with Stefan. He is an amazing trainer and it was so fun. I went down to San Diego and I had a lesson from Stefan. This was when I had Trump. Trump was my first Grand Prix horse that I trained. Um, I started him as a three-year-old and then I got him all the way to the Grand Prix, which was, he was a very challenging horse. I learned a lot from him. But I went down to ride with Stefan, and Stefan is an amazing rider. And so he was just like, okay, get off. And he got on Trump for like 20 minutes. And you like, you know, just kind of put him a little more together. And Stefan has like the most amazing seat. It's like from the waist down, he's just like a centaur. He's just a phenomenal rider. And then when I got back on Trump, it was like, a feeling I had never felt before. Like, I was like, how did you get my horse to feel like this? And it was incredible. I learned so much just by having that feeling. And then of course I went home and was like trying so hard to recreate that feeling in my horse. Um, but it was a, a hugely valuable lesson and it's crazy. Like, this is the crazy thing, you guys. How is it possible that Stefan can get on my horse and ride him around for 20 minutes and then he gets off and then I get back on and the horse feels like so different and through and connected and like using his body differently. It's just amazing. I mean, horses are such amazing creatures. So yes, we're all blessed to have horses in our life. Um, okay, a few questions here. Barbara had a good question. So. Why should you use verbal cues when you can't use them in the show? And this is a good question. I think that verbal cues are really helpful for a couple of reasons. One is that as humans, like we're very vocal, we're used to communicating with our voice. And so when you say good boy, or um, when you say something vocally, it helps to get that reaction in your body. Like when you're riding around and you say, oh, good boy, and you give your horse a little pet, it helps you to remember to relax your body and just kind of send happy emotions to your horse. Um, vocal cues are also really useful, I think, a lot for soothing a horse. Like if your horse is like really nervous or hyper, just kind of talking to them in low tones. Um, and the thing about your voice is that horses have really good sense of hearing. So you can talk quietly to your horse. You don't need to be like shouting at your horse to where everyone in the arena can hear it. You can speak really softly to your horse and they'll listen to you. I like to use vocal cues instead of having to resort to being stronger. So like for example, if I'm trotting and I wanna walk, and I kind of tighten my tummy and my horse doesn't really listen and I half halt a little, then I might try and use my voice because I don't wanna to have to pull harder. 
So in that instance, I think it's really helpful because it saves you from having to pull on your horse's mouth, which is what you don't want to do. So then it is tricky because, right, you're in the show ring and you can't use your voice. So you don't want to become dependent upon using your voice all the time. Um, but, you know, there are instances, like, if you're at the other end of the arena and, like, there's a lot going on, like, you could really quietly, like, just under your breath talk a little bit to your horse. And, you know, I mean, obviously if the judge hears you, you're going to get a minus two. But I do think that the voice is um, useful. So, that's that. Um, what other questions do we have here? Catherine, suggestions to correct or human errors that cause a horse that bends through the body going to the right, but holds the pull to the right and the nose to the left. Okay, so the pull to the right and the nose to the left. So when your horse has a head tilt, like that's what she's describing is that the horse is kind of tilting in the head. You really want to make sure that, that the horse is supple in the outside rein. So usually if your horse has a head tilt, it's because they're not accepting that inside leg to outside rein connection. So you really wanna think probably what's happening is you're going to the right and you're moving your horse off the right leg and into that left rein and probably the horse is getting braced on the outside rein. So in that instance, you actually have to kind of supple a little bit your fingers on the outside to get the horse to be a little bit um, softer on the outside rein and get rid of that head tilt. Um, Andrea, exercises to free up the shoulders of the horse, both to enable more lift upwards, but also laterally. Um, this is a good question, Andrea, and my horse Harvey, he has, it's all been really hard to get him to lift his shoulders. He has like a lot of activity behind, but whenever he gets a little bit tense, he just kind of tightens up his shoulders. So some really great exercises are pole work or cavaletti work can really help. Um, I also taught Harvey kind of to do the Spanish walk where I was like um, tapping him on the front of his leg, getting him to lift up his front leg. And then that helps to get him a little more free in the shoulders. And even with Harvey, I will, we have like a solid round pen with a solid wall and I take him in there and just get him to put his his shoulder, his foot up on the wall and that helps to stretch out his shoulders. Sarah, suggestions on controlling my bounce in the saddle transitioning from the trot to the walk. Yes, very much the beginner. Um, so I think that it's a good idea like if you're bouncing in the saddle, the first thing is just to work on your sitting trot before you start to try to sit the trot in a downward transition. So I would recommend going from like walk up to small trot and just making sure that you can work on your sitting trot um, without worrying about having to do a trot walk transition from the sitting trot. And then once you have um, your sitting trot good, then you'll be able to do your transition while maintaining the sitting. So hopefully that helps. Um, anyways, 
I hope that you guys all enjoy these talks. I really enjoy talking to you guys and seeing all of your posts and your videos. It's incredible. It's really incredible to be able to help so many people improve with their horses. And it makes me so happy when I, um, when I hear from you guys and hear about the progress that you've made. It's, is really special. So thank you all for being a part of this and be sure to invite your friends to Amelia's Dressage Club. Maybe you'll win a hat. I think we're going to give away a hat like every 500 new friends that we get and we can see when you guys go on the club there's a blue invite link and then we are able to see who invites their friends. So Invite your friends to join. It would really help me out. And yeah, we'll see you next Thursday here. I'm going to, here's Levi in the background. You can see him there on my couch. There's Levi. He's such a good dog. So anyways, we'll see you all next week and have a good evening. Your husband's getting jealous, Cheryl. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tell your husband I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, have a good evening. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions and I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage and mark the question for the live session. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.